Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle Elfrink and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com. If you have ever been somebody who has tried to get rid of moss in your yard, you know it can be tough. It's also tough in fantasy football to get rid of moss. We welcome you to Fantasy Sports Daily. Kyle over Gray Flowers with you. Yes, indeed, Ray Zach Moss. We thought we were done with him, but I guess he's going to lead the show today. He's he's kind of a thing going into December now. Yeah, and you know this this and by this I mean handcuffing your players doesn't always work out. All right, it doesn't. But this is example, you know, nine hundred and fifty-eight thousand of why you should do the handcuffing things. If you're a Jonathan Taylor owner. And you didn't have Moss. You lost all that production early in the year when Taylor wasn't available, right? And now you're at a spot where you thought Taylor's rounding into form. He's touching it 17 times a week. He's getting in the end zone. Let's go. We're going to win. He's back to being that weekly starter. Now he's gone. And Zach Moss just basically takes his job. We saw Zach Moss, you know, averaging, what, 18 carries for 90 yards. He was mm -hmm. Taylor when Taylor was gone. So hopefully all the Taylor folks had Moss. Uh, if they didn't. They're paying the price right now for not handcuffing the running back. I, I was just looking this up, and I'm going to look this up as uh, we sit here on air. Ray, there is a chance that Zach Moss is going to end up with just more points absolutely, than Jonathan Taylor this yeah. year. PPR setup, of mm -hmm. course. Um, and, and we'll get into some PPR stuff. We thought we'd talk about running backs, but uh, i got to take a look at this because neither guy is way up there. I mean, Moss is sitting at 129 points in a PPR setup. Uh, gosh, Taylor's 94. And now Moss is probably looking at the next three, four games. So, yeah, Zach Moss is going to be the better running back. Uh, we will discuss the outlook for Moss, the outlook for Taylor, the outlook for the Colts, some other running backs as well as we get rolling on Fantasy Sports Daily. Great to have you with us, Ray and I, here each and every day at 11 a.m. Eastern, uh, going for about, you know, 50 minutes or so on average, sometimes a little longer, sometimes a little shorter. Just going to be Ray and I and uh, his Blackhawks jersey. Does that say Griswold? On the back by any chance or not? No, this is real. What's it say? Ronick. Jeremy Ronick. This is my this is the this jersey actually is the first non-sharks hockey jersey I ever got. Mm. So this thing's from 1993. It's, mm -hmm. not, it's not new. You're wearing it well still. Oh, thanks. You got yeah. the captain tag on it. Look at yeah. that. Yeah. Authentic as can be. Uh, welcome to everybody. Shoot us any questions in the chat room if you would like. Uh, welcome to those on Facebook, X, those listening on the uh, podcasting side of things. Uh, great to have you with us uh, each and every day. Mentioned that we're going to talk Zach Moss, a lot of other things to get to today on the show. Uh, we're about two-thirds of the way through the season. Did you realize that? Actually, more if you play fantasy football. Uh, since we were talking about Moss and Taylor and kind of that fallout, we'll uh, take a look at running backs and what makes for a good PPR running back season. I'll give you a hint. Health. Like, that's it. <laughs> it's just being out there and being available. Speaking of health, Kenneth Walker, will he or will he not play tomorrow night for the Seattle Seahawks? We'll get you the latest on that. We'll take our first look at some Week 13 spreads and to totals. Um, elsewhere in football, I had no... Uh, expectation of talking about this, but now I will. Arthur Smith says that Kyle Pitts is a, a big part of the Falcons offense. There's like zero evidence to that. And, and we never miss an opportunity to go after Arthur Smith. So we'll do that. Also a bit of baseball, uh, big dollars, big, big bucks could be spent on a 19 year old coming from a team that doesn't usually spend money. So we'll tell you who that mystery man is. Uh, no free agent signings as of now, but hey, if anything happens over the next 45 minutes, we'll make sure to tell you. Of course, FSD20, that'll get you 20% off everything at fantasyguru.com. Uh, articles already up today, looking ahead to week 13 on the DFS side. I think we got the QB breakdown for week 13. I noticed that Jorge Pucks already has his NHL DFS breakdown coming up for tonight. We got a handful of hockey games, so you can uh, get ready for the uh, hockey campaign this evening. All things coming your way over at FantasyGuru.com. Ray's probably even working on some giant column as we speak, right, Ray? Yes, Kyle, I am doing that. Uh, I've got the weekly matchup article that'll be out uh, early, right early tomorrow morning, right before the show. Uh, that thing, I, last week it was like 15,800 words. It was, it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff. 
uh, charts, graphs, and all that, making one significant change to the article this week uh, because things are changing, right? Injuries, all this kind of stuff, trends. Instead of looking at against the defense all season long, we're now going the last four weeks. So we're shrinking things down a little bit. What happened in week three is not necessarily applicable today. So that's one of the major changes in the article, but the rest of it's the same as every week. Yeah, it's a key component, uh, especially with defenses and offenses. I mean, it's very easy for all of us to understand, hey, offenses can change when an injury happens. I mean, we've seen a lot in 2023. A quarterback goes down and all of a sudden the offense just goes in the toilet. I mean, that's very easy for all of us to understand. It works defensively too. Maybe not to the extreme of a quarterback going down, but uh, if a D lineman is lost, if a linebacker is lost, a, a solid to upper end cornerback certainly can change things. So it's good that uh, Ray has taken a look at kind of last four or five weeks and some of the returns and results. So be ready for that column, which will be dropping tomorrow, and Ray and I will talk more about that coming up on Thursday's show. Uh, Ray, let's begin with the Colts. Uh, kind of surprising news on Wednesday. Um, pretty well out of nowhere. Jonathan Taylor has a thumb injury. Uh, he just was coming off his first multi-touchdown effort of the season this past Sunday. There were no reports of any sort of injury, but it's a broken thumb. He's going to have surgery. They're saying two to three weeks. Who knows? Uh, they're going to try to avoid IR. Remember, the Colts are in a playoff race. I don't think anybody thinks of the Colts as like a contender, uh, but they're probably going to make the playoffs uh, out of the AFC, make one of those top seven seeds. So they need to keep racking up wins. And, and now they're going to do it without Taylor Ray. And that means Zach Moss has returned. And just a reminder to everybody, Ray, when Zach Moss was the guy for the Colts, which is way back in week one, two, three, and four, massive. I mean, he got 89 carries in those four games. And some of that was with Richardson. Some of that was with Minshew. 20 touches a week, that's like the expectation, right, Ray? Mm -hmm. I mean, 20 rushing, receiving, 18 to 22 touches is kind of where I look at Moss for the next few weeks. Yeah, and Taylor missed uh, time in the second half, and Moss saw his workload increase over the weekend, and there was speculation that maybe there was an injury there because this was weird. Uh, nothing was confirmed, like you said, until later on. Uh, but now we know that Taylor will be out this week at least, and you're saying two to three weeks, like you said. I I mean, surgery, okay, that's – that, that, I don't know if you can make it back that quickly from surgery, but that's what they're saying. Moss was dynamic the first four games that he played. Didn't play in week one, then weeks you know, two through five is dynamic. But the first seven games he played, Cosley, even longer than that. He averaged 18 carries for 85 yards. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he got in the end zone five times in seven games. And there was only one big game as a pass catcher, but he was averaging a couple of catches a week. And so to your point, you know, we're looking at, at 15 to 20 touches, I think. He's obviously going to be the goal line guy. He's going to be someone that, you know, should be effective running the football as they have been all season long. Uh, Zach Moss, and I, I hate using this term because it's overplayed, but if Taylor is gone for the season, if it's longer than two to three weeks, right, that's something he has a setback or whatever, Moss can be a league winner. Yeah. Because RB1, he, RB1, purely yeah. off quantity. He could yeah. be a league winner, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm shocked. I've seen some people say he was on the waiver wire, and it's like, boy, like again, if you if you had Taylor and you didn't have Moss, you blew it. I'm mm -hmm. just sorry. I got no, I got no, no nice thing to say. You blew it. Uh, <laughs> if Moss was out in the waiver wire, I mean, I, and I, I caution a lot of people in the Discord over at FantasyGuru.com. Again, you can use the promo code FSD20. You see it on the screen there for discounting all our products. I cautioned so many people who, for the last couple of weeks, wanted to drop Moss, and I kept saying, "Don't drop Moss. Don't drop Moss. I don't have Taylor. Don't drop Moss." Because there's so many of these running backs, as we'll talk about, where it's like they're in and out. Moss, if Taylor is out, like we have right now, is a potential league winner. Well, and, and for anybody who hasn't done any bidding, most people do Tuesday nights, but some people, it may be Wednesday night. Ray, I'd blow the budget. W would you? I, I If I were sitting on, you know, my fab, I've got, I don't know, 25% of it left. Mm -hmm. I think I'd, I'd empty the, the bank account to get Zach Moss. I, I Again, I... I Taylor probably is back in three to four weeks. Um, and that's it. That's critical for the Colts because then you're ramping into the playoffs week 17, 18, whatever it is, you know, the postseason. But for fantasy players, Ray, this is a starter every week mm -hmm. with Zach Moss. And it's a guy who's shown, you know, this is not a rookie who we have no idea what he can do. This is not Ty Chandler. Right. You know, this, this is a guy who showed earlier in the season, he will be fed the football and he will have success. Uh, the matchups coming up, if you look at the next three weeks, Tennessee, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, those are all really middle-of-the-pack teams in terms of points allowed to opposing running backs. So the next three weeks, there's not a scary matchup there. Beyond that, we've talked about this a lot. 
the Colts, when they win, they, they don't do it by airing the football out or having Gardner Minshew throw for 300 yards. Even though we think, oh, Gardner Minshew, gunslinger. When they win, he does zero gunslinging. And honestly, with those three teams coming up, Tennessee, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh, I'm not saying Indy's better than all three of those teams, but those are all tight competitive games. Like those other offenses, Titans, Bengals, Steelers, they're offenses who struggle to score 17 points. They just are. So you start to think to yourself and how these, you know, game scripts play out. And we always point you in the direction of Tyler Beaker's work each and every weekend at Fantasy Guru. He looks at game scripts and all that. But Ray, these games are set up to be low scoring, rushing heavy affairs for the Colts. Um, and even if they fall behind, sure, Michael Pittman will get his work. Josh Downs will get his work. Zach Moss will get his work too. Like he, he's a decent bet, Ray, in this offense to be like four and five receptions a week just on dump offs from Gardner Minshew. This is a really good spot. So again, blow it up if you got any money to get a guy like Zach Moss on the waiver wire. Yeah, to reiterate what you said earlier too, the first four games – that he played this season, he had 89 carries, right? That's a huge number in, in the modern day NFL. Uh, I think that there's one caveat to blowing your budget. The only caveat would be, because I know there are some leagues that don't have open waivers after their fab runs, right? You can't go on a, on a Friday and pick a player up. A lot of leagues, you, leagues should have that, but a lot of mm -hmm. leagues don't. Uh, and there are leagues as well that don't allow you to pick up a player for $0. So you have to factor that in. It's only week 13. If you're planning on playing through the playoffs, that's four more games. So you can't zero out if you have to have a dollar left to add a player. But if you're in a league where you can add guys for zero dollars, you have the ability to work the waiver wire after fab runs, I'm in agreement with you. Moss is, is again, he's a potential league winner, potentially. If Taylor's back in three weeks, eh, you know, okay. But I'm I'm willing to take the shot with you as well, Kyle. But but think about it. Week 13, week 14, most playoffs are going to begin week 15, right? That, mm -hmm. That's, I would say, the majority. So you're getting two weeks where we know how fantasy football standings are. There's like usually a team at the top that's having a really good season. They're healthy. They have McCaffrey. They're like nine and three, whatever it is. And at this point in most leagues, there's literally like eight teams still alive for the playoffs. So like getting two wins in week 13, yeah. week 14, these are huge weeks just to get you into the postseason. And and you're right. You know, can we sit here and say Taylor's out? Uh, can we sit here and say, oh, you know, when Taylor comes back, let's say it's week 15. Is he going to be? Yeah, he'll probably be used. Definitely. But this is such a here and now sport. It's like worry about the here and now. And I, I you've got a guy who's in such a good spot. And, and you're right that, you know, be concerned how your league rules things. And if I go all the way down to zero, what can I add? The other avenue to pay attention to. Look at your league and what's the remaining budget that other people are dealing Absolutely. with. You know, if you've got the hammer in your league, let's say you're sitting at 38 bucks. You know, I, I hope this is not a newsflash, but see who's got the second highest number. Let's say it's 31, meaning you don't need to blow all $38 to get, you know, 32 is where you can go. Save yourself $6. So do some studying, look at other budgets and what other people may have. You know who are the people still competing and who's still interested uh, you know how competitive your league is. So in terms of the bidding, again, the flipping answer is zero it out. Just go get them. And, and I love Moss. I'm pro Moss here. Um, I've been sitting on him in a 16-team league. And, and and to Ray's point about holding on to guys, I mean, last week, Ray, mm -hmm. um, I'm picking up Miles Sanders, you know, for five bucks. Because in, and he's done nothing this year. And, you know, Chubba Hubbard's the lead. But it's just a case of if Hubbard goes down, if something happens, all of a sudden Miles Sanders is 20 touches a week in that Carolina backfield. These are things that you just got to think about as you go into the stretch run. Absolutely. And, you know, we fight this a lot. I fight this a lot because I'm always answering questions over in Discord at FantasyGuru.com, Twitter at the Ray Flowers, all that stuff. Um, people, people don't want to hold players that don't do anything. It's the age-old thing. It's why people don't handcuff, right? I don't want to hold a guy that's getting four points a week. Why would I add Miles Sanders? He sucks. Because if Chippewa Hubbard goes down, Miles Sanders is now getting 14 touches a week. And that means he's a flex option, right? Even if the offense isn't very good. People don't want to do that. I'm getting all these questions about I'm looking toward, you know, week 15 in the playoffs and I'm adding second tight ends and I'm holding defenses through bye weeks. And I've got two defenses and two tight ends. I'm like, don't, no, you need running backs. Everyone, when a running back pops, everyone in your league wants the running back. Mm -hmm. And as we're going to discuss, the position is varied enough that 
those guys, you know, even if they're scoring 12 points a week, there's value there versus having that second tight end that's scoring you eight points a week behind your first guy that's scoring you nine and a half. So be cautious with roster construction. Uh, and I think a lot of people hopefully haven't been bit by that this year because I've seen a lot of people do things contrary to what I would suggest. Well, and, and to kind of follow up on this discussion in our chat room, which we invite everybody to be a part of if you're following us live, a couple of questions kind of dealing with this. And you mentioned ros roster construction, Ray. Um, I see Joel um, says, you know, I've dropped James Conner. I've got Zach Moss. And he says, hey, I'm loaded at running back. I know dropping James Conner isn't the greatest thing, but and in some leagues, more leagues, and I've never been in a league where you're Required to have a certain number of running backs or you can't have more than the league limits you have. So if, if that's the case here, okay, I'm fine with it. But Ray, for other people out there who are thinking of a similar move, like, oh, if I'm going to pick up a running back, I have to drop a running back. Yeah. I, I dissuade people from that at all. I think that's how a lot of people think is, is. Uh, well, you know, I can't have seven running backs because then I'm bitching. It goes to what you're talking about. Part of the game is keeping talent away from your competitors. Mm -hmm. So throwing James Conner out there, yeah. somebody should gobble him up in a second. Mm -hmm. Now, again, if if you have to have a limited number of running backs, I, I understand your league rules. But, Ray, dump a fifth wide receiver. Yeah, I, I might even dump a backup quarterback to get a Zach Moss instead of letting go of somebody like James Conner. Yeah, Joel, great move to add Moss. Sorry, terrible move to drop Conner. Um, and I understand what you're saying. And Kyle played this out. You've got five guys here. You're not going to use six. Yeah. You just gave someone a weekly starter for free. Like, and that's just not Kyle's right. You should have dropped the second tight end. You should have dropped the second defense. Should have considered, depending on your second quarterback, getting rid of Desmond Ritter or Kenny Pickett or Gardner. Well, dump your kicker and then decide three days from now who to pick up. Right, right. <laughs> dropping Connor was wasn't a winning move. Again, adding Moss, I think is. We both agree there, but dropping Connor. Now, again, roster sizes are such maybe, you know, maybe the size of the league is small, blah, blah, blah. But I don't give someone a weekly starter. And I see Joel saying I only have four wide receivers. OK, I get it. Drop your second quarterback, second tight end, yeah. second defense. Drop. You got to drop something. You know, Connor is a top 25 running back every week. That's what he is. He hasn't been great. Offense hasn't looked terrific with Kyler Murray back. Connor's not catching passes. I get that. But it's the theme of the show today. He's a 15 touch a week guy. And you don't give those guys up because, as Kyle said, someone else scoops them up. Someone else who's got injury issues, someone who just lost Jonathan Taylor, they add James Conner. It's a gift. David is wondering about picking up Moss and who to drop amongst his running backs. You see Ford, Charbonnet, Jones, Williams, Kenneth Walker. Uh, he's got the Seattle backfield on lockdown. Javante Williams, the lead guy with Denver. Ford, the lead guy with Cleveland. To me, Ray, Aaron Jones has been injured all year. But, all year long but wouldn't you also suggest drop another like you're saying like uh, again yeah yeah you don't have to drop a running back now if i'm looking honestly ray charbonnet to me is is droppable as well and that sounds crazy to people but as it's brought up there it's it's not the best schedule down the stretch here i think kenneth walker could be back maybe even tomorrow as soon as next week so again i, I get it tough choices difficult decisions Try to drop something else besides any of these guys, but are you starting Charbonnet against Dallas? Probably not. Not with this crew. I mean, Zach Moss would immediately start ahead of Charbonnet. Even with Charbonnet having the job for Thursday night, Ray, if Walker's out, I'd still go Zach Moss. Next week, Walker probably back. You'd have to think. Who knows? Doesn't sound fun. Oh, I'm going to give up my, my handcuff. Again, tough decisions, and maybe what works for David doesn't work for another guy, but I, I think dropping Charbonnet to get Zach Moss is probably something I'd consider. Again, I'm dropping someone else, just to reiterate, yeah. someone else. Kyle <laughs> and I are of the same mind on this. We might disagree on players. We've been in the same mind of this for the, the entire 14 years we've done shows together. Yeah, and be you honest, know, if, if your second – let's say your second quarterback's good, mm -hmm. but your first quarterback is a stud. Like, here, oh, there's Joel's answer. Uh, he could drop Sam Howell. Dump him. To, to me, to me, I dropped Sam Howell because again, this is a guy I've, I've hit on a lot. Week 14 this week is a buy for Howell, so he's useless for you. Week 15, it's at the Rams. Yeah. Week 16 is at the Jets. Week 17 is against the Niners. There's no way you're that, playing in there. Like that is an e and people are like, well, Sam Howell's it. Yeah. He is unpredictable from game to game. This he is an RB2. You're getting an RB1. 
Yeah. You drop a QB two for an RB one. Yeah. It's just yeah. that simple. Especially with that schedule. You know, someone else was talking to me this morning in Discord over at fantasyguru.com about you know making a trade for Tua Tungavaloa. Two in the jet and the in Miami, they've got the Jets in 15, the Cowboys in 16, and they're at Baltimore in week 17. Ugh. So, you know, we 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 want to be proactive, we want to be forward thinking, we want to look at schedules and matchups, that kind of thing. Uh, and in, a, in the case of Howell, we've said it on this show all season, all year long. I've written about it at Fantasy Guru week after week. He's always in the coffin corner piece where I'm saying, look at this crap, look at this crap, look at this crap. The numbers have been there for Howell because they throw it 45 times a week. It's fair. But he's on a bye this week. And then in the next three matchups, they're not good. I'd get rid of him for Moss. Absolutely. Appreciate the questions. We'll get to a few more answers as we go through the program. I do want to keep it rolling with running backs because, you know, talking about Moss, who I now consider an RB1. Um, in effect, replacing Jonathan Taylor, who a lot of people drafted to be their RB1, got me thinking about RB1s. And uh, with 12 weeks down and a few weeks to go, Ray, here is where we stand in PPR setups. Um, McCaffrey's blowing the field away. So we, we can all applaud ourselves if you drafted Christian McCaffrey as the first running back off the board. It's been a hit. He's been healthy. He's been a stud. Over 270 points right now for Christian McCaffrey. Up next, the only other guy with more than 200 points in a PPR setup is Raheem Mostert. And, and Ray, he's been there week in, week out, but it's kind of driven by like two games. I mean, he's, I guess that'll happen when you're a stud at your position is there's always a couple of games where you go off. Mostert being the second best PPR running back, even knowing what I know and watching what I've watched, I wouldn't have necessarily immediately guessed that with Raheem Mostert, but the key is he's been out there every week. He's avoided injury. We talk about both these guys, Ray, McCaffrey and Mostert. The big issue with both of them has always been injuries. What do you know? They're on the field, and these are the top two guys in football when it comes to production. Yeah, and I, I've seen Raheem Mostert because he was with the Niners for years, so I got to see him even more closely than you know the other players we watched the league. This is his ninth season, okay? And it's you hear that, and you're like, really? He's You know, okay, he's ninth. He, he's got 616 carries, which is two seasons of work for an RB1, right? I mean, Najee Harris get, gets right around there. Najee Harris probably be at 550 in two years, right? That's his career. He's played nine years. He's had, and I think Jeff Mann's counted, he's had like 14 injuries to his legs over the years. Uh, and I have said repeatedly, and I'm not going to back off it now, I have said repeatedly, I would be shocked if Mostert plays all the games. And to date, he has been terrific. To date, he's been better than anyone could have expected. To date, anyone that listened to me in week six or five and said, trade this guy, hasn't really worked out. But we mm -hmm. still got a large portion of the season left. This is still an aging player who's been around a long time, who's got a ton of injury issues. And he's also been someone the last couple of weeks in particular who they've really given the ball to a lot. Raheem Mostert should be carrying it 13 times a week, not 22. So he's been, again, fantastic to date, but I'm still concerned moving forward. So you've got McCaffrey way at the top. Um, then you have Mostert, you know, above 200. He's number two. Number three, semi-close, Travis Etienne. And then after the top three, it's a, a morass of guys. And, and what caught me, Ray, when looking at running back production through the first 12 weeks, the next three guys at four, five, six, you know, amongst all running backs in the NFL, if I said these three names, most people would have a negative view of how these three running backs have performed this year absolutely <laughs> these three names in general it's uh, not a good year but again they're fourth fifth and sixth in running back ppr scoring josh jacobs brian robinson and rashad white who to thunk it ray and why is that it's it's they're on the field mm -hmm. they answer the bell quantity I mean, it's it's stunning, Ray, that those three guys, again, negative connotations, I say, with all three, and yet they're fourth, fifth, and sixth at the running back position this year. Yeah, and I love who's seventh. Um, <laughs> we When you, you look at Rasheed White, I mean, and this is, again, the larger picture of where we're at in 2023 at the running back position. Rasheed White has how many games with 75 rushing yards? One. One. Yeah. <laughs> One. Uh, and you know, there was a time not too many years ago that if you ran, if you didn't run for 75 yards a week, 
yeah, you're not in the starting lineup, right? But that's not where we're at now. You're right. Being on the field matters. Catching three or four passes in a PPR setup, even if that's all it is, matters. When mm-hmm. you can have five, six, seven, as, as White has had at times, there you go. Uh, Brian Robinson is, <laughs> I mean, I of all of these guys, I, I, Brian Robinson has been, I mean, I've had, what, 1,500 questions about benching Brian Robinson this year? Like, legit. Like, every week people wonder, and I'm like, he's a running back one. He's top five in football, the position. Yeah. Crazy. And he, you know, his his issue is that he's another one of these guys. He's running for 61 yards a week. He's had a couple of big games as a pass catcher. They've kind of coincided with Gibson being out, right? And you look at him, and it's like, if he doesn't get in the end zone, he's not doing anything for me. Eh, he's on my bench. The problem is he keeps getting in the end zone. And mm-hmm. relative to the position, again, he's a top five running back. But I, I bet people who haven't looked at the board uh, are shocked by that. Let's see. Seven Kamara. Eight Swift, Bijan Robinson is nine, <laughs> and he's gonna move up. Yeah, Jameer Gibbs is 10, so we got a couple of rookies in the uh, top 10. Uh, Tony Pollard and James Cook. That and, and Ray, I'm looking at that, and, and then I even extended that's the top 12 RB1s. 13 of the top 15, and the other the next three names Pacheco, Derrick Henry, Brees Hall. Those are 13, 14, 15. 13 of the top 15 have played every single game this year. And and what does that mean? What's actionable here? Um, Well, I'm going to say this in November, and we'll see if anybody remembers come next August. But the actionable material here, Ray, is, at least as I see it, some people would say, well, what's actionable there is um, zero running back, which is totally false. Totally false. B. John Robinson, Pollard, Swift, or, you know, Etienne Mostert. Uh, CMC, Josh Jacobs, uh, Derrick Henry, Brees Hall. These are not zero running back guys. You know, these are guys you had to draft early. To me, Ray, because we don't know who's going to stay healthy. None of us do. We have no idea. This is why you pile up running backs on draft day. Some people would look at this and say, oh, yeah, ignore running backs until the fifth round. No, I want to increase my odds of getting one of these guys. I want to increase my odds. Was Kyle Alfred high on Rashad White entering this year? Hell no. But would I have drafted him if the, if the yeah, hell, he's a, he's a running back for Tampa. If he stays healthy, he can be a top six running back in a PPR setup. To me, Ray, this indicates just keep hammering the position. You want to have options. You know guys are going to go down. You just don't know who it is. We, we all thought it would be Christian McCaffrey. He's been healthy every single week. Raheem Mostert, the dude has never stayed healthy. Every single week he's healthy this year. You just got to have choices, right? You got to load up on that position and keep drafting that position when you get to August. Well, I think that I don't necessarily agree. I'm not saying I disagree, but I don't necessarily agree with you got to pile up running backs early in drafts. I think you need to pile up running backs. Yeah, just that- overall. I, yeah. I leave the draft table. I better have at l- all leagues are different. Okay. At least five running backs. Yeah, at least probably six in the line. I'd love to have right? six if I got yeah. enough rounds to do it. Yeah. But five's like got to have that, right? Like I'm not saying that you, you know, you've got to take a two running backs in rounds two and three or anything. But I agree with Kyle. We need volume here, and we need volume at the draft. We need volume if we're doing trades. We need volume if we're looking at the waiver wire. We need volume here. And what has also I think really stuck out to me this year in this is the carousel-like nature, because I, and again, I'm answering all the hundreds of questions every week, right? And I see the names, I recognize the names, and thank you for being part of us at fantasyguru.com. Again, if you're not, FSD20 to sign up for any of our products. I see the same people, you know, just every week, it's a new running back, it's a new running back, it's a new running back. It's a, and they're always dropping running back A to get running back B, and then B to get C, and then C to get D, and then D to get E. And it's like, no, that's not the right way. To, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about building depth, getting the right guys, in the right systems, okay? And that's very important, and it's something we do preach and teach, coaching schemes, offensive line, all that stuff we talk about, because I I, I bet people have done that merry-go-round action thing and dropped guys that are now top 20 running backs because they, at the moment, they didn't think they were going to be something. This position has gotten worse over the years. Teams are more willing to use uh, various players in the backfield based upon the the matchup and the, the scoreboard and the down and all that kind of stuff. And then you add in the health piece that you've been hitting on here, Kyle. And it's it's a minefield, and you got to be prepared to weather it. Um, I'll give you an example from my world. I'm in a 16-teamer. Uh, this week, I picked up a guy who's done nothing this season, like literally nothing. 
And it's purely just in case something happens down the stretch. I picked up Elijah Mitchell for a buck. Mm-hmm. Dumped Khalil Shakir. <laughs> and, and Khalil Shakir has been fine. Wide receiver five, six. But what's the possible payoff? Shakir versus Elijah Mitchell. It's a lot higher with Mitchell. And it may it may be absolute failure. It cost me a dollar and it cost me Khalil Shakir. To get a guy who Ray could win the league for you if if, if McCaffrey went down. <laughs> I've got And I've got Zamir White. And I think two of my leagues and Zamir White has, by the way, he's on the Raiders. <laughs> he's not even on the field. Right. So Amir Abdullah is not taken over the backfield. If Josh Jacobs goes down No, yeah. it would be Zamir White. And with the way the Raiders offense operates, I think Zamir White gets 15 touches. Right. So mm-hmm. I've held on to him. And he, I what how many penny points do you have this year? 20 the whole season. He's done nothing. But uh, yeah, it, it depends on your roster size and your makeup of your team and all that. But, Trying to be forward thinking with the running back position is very important. Like we said, answering a couple of these questions, don't give up your running back depth, drop mm-hmm. another position in most instances versus dropping that running back. Well, we were discussing with David in the chat room. Hey, drop one of your QBs. He, he's uh, gotten back to us with some inf- further information here. Uh, he's in a two QB league. He has Minshew, Carr, and Wilson. Uh, Ray, the, obviously he's hurting at the position, you know. Mm-hmm. The, now that Carr is back and Wilson's Wilson, Gardner Minshew, Ray, there's not numbers here. There just aren't. Derek Carr at least can hit for 300 yards. Gardner Minshew ain't hitting for 300 unless things go disastrous for the Colts, which I mentioned their schedule. I don't see things going like they're down three touchdowns or, you know, they're going to score 35 points. Like to me, Ray, and I get it, Minshew in a two QB league, this gives David choices every week. Minshew, Carr, Wilson, who's got – but again – I'm dropping a, a benched quarterback, a guy who has got three touchdowns in the six Colt wins this year. Three. Give me Zach Moss every single day. Again, I'm getting an RB1 now. <laughs> I'm keeping an RB1 from somebody else. Adios, Gardner Minshew. I think there's one, you know, we just to mention it, right? Because it's a two QB league. What do we have on the waiver wire? Like, is, like, is, is it Andy Dalton and Mitch Trubisky? Like, if one of these guys gets hurt. I get I'm you, saying. but I'm getting an RB1 here. Again, I'm just saying, I'm just we would be bad analysts if we didn't point this out. Now well, let me tell you this. What yeah. if what if we got to the point it's like, oh God, I don't have Gardner Minshew anymore. I'm gonna have to go to Kenny Pickett. Now Kenny Pickett sucks. Yep. Gardner Minshew, check out the numbers, people. They ain't much different. Mm-hmm. So this idea that Oh, these guys suck on the waiver. Gardner Minshew ain't that good. I, I feel like great people think he's putting up numbers. He's not. The numbers are nowhere for Gardner Minshew this year. In the my dynasty, I'm looking at the scoreboard right now. He's got like a point, 1.2 points more than Pickett a game, <laughs> to your point. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, I, you have to judge your league. How available are quarterbacks in a two QB league? Because you, you can't be taking a zero, you know, can't be having a quarterback throwing the ball three, three yard, you know, three passes a week. That doesn't work. So look at your, your, your league, who's available on the waiver wire. Understand that as we get further along here, everyone drops out, right? Because once we get into the playoffs, half the league's not even involved anymore. They all stop paying attention and go play DFS basketball or something, hopefully with us at fantasyguru.com. Um, but that, that it'll be easier to get guys off the waiver wire because there'll be less competition. So, you know, I, I agree with Kyle. If I'm dropping a guy, it's Minshew. Just make sure that there are there's at least people on the waiver wire, whether it's Tommy DeVito, whoever the hell it might be, that are actually starting because the quarterback position has been a mess. And can I say this too, Kyle? Mm-hmm. We got to get rid of two quarterback leagues. We got to get rid of it. This position is a disaster. If you're going to play a two quarterback league, you have to draft team quarterbacks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because what, what too many people have lost guys and not had the backup and they've got outbid on, uh, you got to draft team quarterbacks if we're doing two QB leagues. Eh, I, I don't necessarily follow that. I'm, I'm fine with two quarterbacks. I enjoy managing, you know, I, I get it. It sucks when you, you lose Aaron Rodgers in week one manage it's part of the game to me i i it, it, I, I get it. it's unfair but my god it's a sport I, I my problem ray with making changes like that and i'm not saying it's a bad idea a lot of people are doing it but it's like we're, we're doing things to make it easier on us like the sport and the fun of it is dealing with shit you know it is but, it's, but it's is it, overcoming but, but, bad seasons it's it's wow i got screwed that's life i i kind of enjoy that aspect of fantasy but is that we don't, quarter- we don't create a league where everything's safe. I feel like that we, we sometimes make rule changes to, to be fair to myself, which I can't stand. A moderate quarterback scores 
11, 12 points a week, let's say, if you're in a two quarterback league, you now get a zero. Like I can go pick up Amir Abdullah I think and get Tim Boyle is going to get you 12 points a week. Yeah, if someone else didn't add it, we've had so much turnover this year at the quarterback position that it's like, and especially in two QB leagues, people draft three or four. I see the questions all the time. There's think, no one out there. Do you think people would draft the position differently? Um, if it were team QBs, do you think they'd actually pay attention to who the backup is? No, I don't, I don't think, think they would. I don't, I don't think, think they, they would, would at all, at all. But you would then be guaranteed of still having the quarterback. Because well, what's happening is to find a quarterback, right? Nobody's rolling zeros out there. There's, there's always somebody. Is there? We've lost yes. all these quarterbacks. We, we, Ryan Tannehill's down. Deshaun Watson's down. Anthony Richardson's some, down. I can go to Will Levis. I can go to PJ Walker. Every, there's somebody who can get me ten points. I'm just I'm not telling you, zeros there. I'm just telling you. And if you're in a twelve-team league, two quarterbacks, which is very dicey anyway, because you get tight with bye weeks and everything. Yeah. That's 24 guys. There have been 11 quarterbacks hurt or whatever the hell it is. Like, mm -hmm. I'm just saying, I've seen the questions. I, I would say this. I, I'm trying like Burrow was not put on IR. They they didn't even use this. Because one issue you would have with two quarterback leagues and kind of locking down player, you don't want to have IR spots because then Joe Burrow goes on a guy's IR spot and they, in effect, don't have to give him up. Right. And, and why that is important is because now they're, they're collecting players. Right. So the, it's a... Again, this is into managing and off-season stuff and how to build a league and, you know, make it to where it's uh, still fun to play. Uh, people want IR spots. Most of my leagues don't have them still. I don't have any. And, and I keep thinking, man, I, re I really like IR spots. But remember, when you go IR spots, you're now erasing a lot of the waiver wire. A lot of the waiver wire. The, 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 the excitement just won't be there because there's some teams in the league that have 15 dudes on their roster while everybody else has 12. And so they're gobbling up players. Even guys are not going to use, but it allows them to gobble up more players. So always understand that with the IR. Uh, moving to some other items. Speaking of the IR, it's a day late, but Justin Jefferson uh, has been activated by the Vikings. Uh, they're on bye this week. <laughs> so don't get too excited. He's not coming back. Uh, but it looks like he will be back for week 14. Told you about Kenneth Walker, DMP on Tuesday. That's important because Seattle is in Dallas on Thursday. So that's tomorrow night. So a very important practice report coming from the Seahawks later today. Uh, Darren Waller, that's a guy on the IR, uh, still not necessarily ready to go. We don't know with Darren Waller. Um, that, that, that's one guy, Ray. You know, I was worried. You'd be worried about Mostert or McCaffrey mm -hmm. with it. Darren Waller was a guy I didn't draft because he's always hurt. He's just been beat up, really been beat up this year. Uh, so that one's kind of played to form. And then I did not intend to talk about this. But before Ray and I got going this morning, uh, I, I saw a blurb about Arthur Smith, King Arthur, um, who who said, I, I guess he was asked about Kyle Pitts at a press conference and said, Kyle Pitts is a huge part, a big part of what we do here in Atlanta, which, Ray, there is no evidence of this. There is zero evidence of, of Kyle Pitts being a big part. And it's something that has frustrated all of us. Uh, even what was it, Monday? I sat here and said, gosh, I could move on from Kyle Pitts. I've never said that. I'm like a Kyle Pitts truther. But he is so uninvolved, despite what Arthur Smith says, that it's just a bald place lie. I, I, I used to be in these press conference rooms, Ray, and, and nobody ever did this. But this is when the press room needs to laugh at an answer and, like, piss the coach off. And, and I know nobody did that in Atlanta. It's very unprofessional. But Ray, they all should have got up and, and laughed at what Arthur Smith was saying when he when he claimed that Kyle Pitts was a big part of this offense. The, the numbers, I'll get to them in a bit, but they just don't they don't show that at all this season with Kyle Pitts. Well, he is second on the team in targets. Um, now that's because they Can I give you look, some other numbers. <laughs> Would you like to give the other numbers? How about this one? How about okay. this one? In his first year, Kyle Pitts was on the football field 74% of the time. In his second year, he was on the football field 73% of the time. This year, 61. Does that sound like a big part of your offense? You're not even putting him on the field. First two years he was. Not How about this one? Red zone. Red zone targets. Rookie season, Kyle Pitts, 14 opportunities in the red zone. Last year, five. This year, four. He is 38th among tight ends. In red zone chances 
No, that is not a big part of your offense. That is that is any other Joker tight end in football, Ray. That's thirty-eighth amongst tight ends. What is he? Six five? Six six? Throw him the football in the red zone. Six six two fifty and so athletic that every talent evaluator when he's coming out of college said this guy's got a chance to make the Hall of Fame. All of them. Here, they don't here, the here's the biggest indictment of a big part. If I told you that a coach claimed a player was a big part of their offense, and I followed that up by saying in 38 games, he has four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Four. Ray, that is astounding. Four touchdowns in 38 games for a guy like this. And maybe it is Kyle Pitt's fault. I don't know. But I look at all these numbers and opportunities, a lack of snaps, a lack of red zone targets. This is on the coaching staff. If he were getting 75% of the snaps this year or getting 10 red zone targets and still not putting up numbers, I'd have a problem. It'd be on Kyle Pitts. This is on the coaching staff. They're choosing. They're leaving him off the field for 40% of the snaps this year. Yes. And a part, of the, part of the problem is they've whiffed at quarterback. Desmond Ritter is not the answer. Tyler Heineke is just a guy... I think, and I, you probably agree, Kyle, that Tyler Heineke gives him a better chance. Like I, Desmond Ritter is just not, he's not good. But when you talk about a team that is, and I'll just say it, right? And there's a few of these out there. They're inept, inept at throwing the football. And they've been inept at throwing the football for multiple years now. That is on the coaching staff. That just is. They've got Pitts and Jonu Smith, two very athletic, capable tight ends. They've got Drake London, who should be, who could be a star in this league with better offense. They drafted B. John Robinson. They spent all this draft capital on their tight end, on their running back. They didn't use B. John Robinson enough for the first half of the season. Now they're finally doing it. This team doesn't produce yards. They don't produce points. They don't do anything explosive. All they're trying to do, and they've been this way with Arthur Smith the whole time, is win 17-16. That's all they're trying to do. And they've been effective at doing that. But like you said, don't Arthur Smith is becoming, if he's not already, and it's not just in the fantasy space. He's becoming a joke because he says things that simply aren't true. People were asking him about Bijan Robinson. He's talking about global warming earlier in the year. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, he's a he's a joke. He's laughably bad at this. And, you know, if the organization's happy with winning seven or eight games every year, keep Arthur Smith. If you want to do something more than that, you're going to have to make a change. I miss that. Bijan Robinson, he started talking about, like, carbon and tax credits or something. Yeah, yeah, he started talking about that, and he also talked about – uh. I think he brought up uh, interest rates or something. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you talking? Answer the freaking question. Why aren't you playing playing the guy that was drafted top ten, the only running back that everyone said could miss? Why are you not playing him so you can call the Cornell Patterson? What are you doing? Uh, I love it. I love it. Uh, I said it earlier in the week. I'll say it again. If Atlanta has any sense, and it's doubtful. I mean, this guy continues to to just lie. Um, but they should stop passing. Like from here on out, Desmond Ritter, outside of hey, we're we're losing twenty eight to seven, but from here on out, they 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 should be sixty forty run to pass, and honestly, they they can be sixty five thirty five run to pass. This past week, they were sixty six thirty three thirty four run to pass. That should be the mo, and and I, that's what I think they should be and what they should do, which makes Pitts, John Lee Smith, Drake London, you know these guys. It's it's just hard to play them. Uh, we'll see. Atlanta will probably come out. Who they got? Jets this week. This here's Arthur Smith, Ray. We're gonna go up against the Jets and have Desmond Ritter throw the football forty times. That, that's what Arthur Smith's mo says. But Ray, I look at that matchup. Desmond Ritter should not throw the football twenty times against the Jets. This is just you got three running backs: Patterson, Algier, Bijan. Use them and use them a lot. Mm-hmm. Nobody should be worn down. You got three of them. Can mm-hmm. suck the clock dry. Take it down to five seconds on every snap. There is no business this week in in, in New York, in, in the Meadowlands, no business of anything close to 50-50 pass to run split. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. And we see teams do this at times, right? Um, Browns have been having to do it because they lost Watson, even though they're throwing the ball a little bit more than they'd like to in some of the games where they have all these plays and everything like that. But you could still win. In 2023, doing that, and uh, given the matchup and given the roster, they got to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, George in the chat room uh, looking for two receivers in a flex non-PPR. Waddle, Alave, Cup, Tank Dell, Jalen Warren, Charbonnet. 
pretty easy for me here, Ray. And it's kind of crazy that we're at the if Olave's out, which is yeah, again, when you ask these questions, he's yeah. got a head injury, so we have to assume he's out right. I mean, now. If Olave plays, I gotta play him. Correct. I but I'm assuming he's gonna be out. That's yep. what I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. So Waddle, Dell, Warren. Those are my three in the non-PPR cup. He'd been quiet all year. He he is not healthy. Even when he came back early, I just don't think he's healthy. Charbonnet, I don't like the matchup, and Olave could be out. So it's you know Tank Dell. It's it's tough to sit that guy in a non-PPR Ray because he he can go off for an easy you know four one hundred and one. Yeah, and I agree with the three names that Kyle threw out there. Again, Olave at this point of the week, we just have to assume he's out with a head injury. Most almost I don't know what the numbers are. Ninety percent of guys that have a head injury, they don't play the next week. That's the way it's been this year. Uh, you know, with Cup, I mean, he he was strong his first two games, and then like the last four games have been one of the first two games. <laughs> like he's just not his ankle's not right. He tried to play through it, uh, even though they had all the explosiveness with the points. They scored the thirty-seven last week. Cup was nowhere to be found. Puka Nakua was nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone got excited about you know Matthew Stafford throwing for four touchdowns. He threw for like two hundred twenty-three yards. So yeah, as crazy as it sounds, as we sit here on a Wednesday morning, I'm gonna agree with you. Cup's not gonna be in. And if Olave gets cleared and plays, um, again, I think you have to play him. Um, I'd probably sit. Tink Dell. Nah, I'd probably sit Jalen Warren. I think I'd sit Warren. I'd go Waddle, Olave, and Dell. Man, that's that is really tough. I'd probably sit Waddle. Okay. But really? yeah, I mean Commanders. Yeah, I know, I know, but <laughs> the again, this and this, I think, something I'm going to go on a tirade on later today on the Elite Sports Show, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Some people have great teams. And this is a, these, like, these are all starting. Sometimes you get questions and it's like, you know, do I play DJ Dallas or, you know, Robert Woods? And it's like, oh, boy. Well, and, and what's happened here, Ray, is mm-hmm. Waddle, Olave, and Cup were drafted to be these three guys. Right. And obviously things have gone a little haywire. He's picked up Tank Dell. Mm-hmm. He's picked up Charbonnet or drafted Charbonnet. Yep. I mean, like he's done a good job of Very filling him in the back. So it's good, good you have these choices. That's, this is not a team that was drafted this way, mm-hmm. but it's been built this way within the season. Totally agree. And it's a very good job of managing by George. Uh, I just hope, because I, and I know the answer to this is, mm, I just hope everyone, please, next year, if you're not this year, be in a league that starts three wide receivers. I am so tired of on a weekly basis having to tell people bench Devonta Smith, bench Chris Olave, bench Brandon Ayuk, bench Terry McLaurin because they only play in leagues with two wide receivers at start. So please, you know, you're you're part of the fantasy guru team here. You're part of the elite mafia. You're part of the fam. Play in a league that allows you to start three wide receivers and have a flex. You'll be better off. Your teams will be better. We'll help you get to that success if you do that. Well, and, and whether you buy a magazine or you sign up at Fantasy Guru or you go anywhere, almost all the preseason rankings are based off three receiver setups. If you are in a two receiver setup, you don't need to go heavy at wide receiver. And so many, I'd say 90% of the preseason you know, write-ups and ratings and stuff at wide receiver is with the assumption of, oh, you need three starting receivers. It's, the industry, it's been the industry standard for decades. Yeah. So yeah. if you are in a two-receiver league, understand <laughs> you need, uh, what, 15 fewer receivers starting every week. So the, the board should look differently. You should not be investing in receiver. Um, and Waddle, Olave, and Cup, Ray, and I'm just getting George. I apologize if I'm throwing you into a corner. This isn't fair. But if I were in a two receiver setup, Ray, there is no way I have those three guys on draft day because those three guys, Cup was probably a first or second rounder. Olave was a second rounder. Waddle was a second or third rounder. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> so you overdid it getting those three guys with a two wide receiver setup in your league. It's just yeah, overdoing it. You don't need that much. And I'm looking at NFFC's ADP. I pulled it up real quickly. And who knows? Maybe there's a trade in here, you know, blah, 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 right? But Cup's ADP was 13, Waddle was 20, and Alave was 23. Yeah. So, yeah, if you spent your first three picks on those guys, you got some bangers. But, yeah, and then especially in a non-PPR, too. Mm-hmm. And, again, not put – get George did a great job managing his team. But in a non-PPR, you know, there's some questions about whether or not – the team was built properly if we go super heavy with the wide receiver early. Not saying that George did that. Yeah. And and George adds he made some trades. And, and again, building up depth and options. So yep. good job. Good job.
We're not picking on you, George. <laughs> Just kind of laying it out for how we think or how we reason things. Um, looking ahead to the weekend, uh, mentioned Seattle, Dallas coming up tomorrow. Dallas is an eight and a half point favorite, by the way, in that game. A little surprising. Seattle uh, fighting for their playoff lives. Uh, nothing else on Friday and Saturday. That's good news. Uh, we do have six teams on by, so this is not really a heavy week of games. Um, and there's a lot of road underdogs. Um, Atlanta is, fa- excuse me, road favorites, I should say. Uh, more than half the games this week have road favorites. That includes Atlanta at the Jets, Dolphins at the Commanders, Chargers at the Patriots, uh, Detroit at New Orleans, Indianapolis at Tennessee, San Francisco at Philly, and Kansas City at Green Bay. I was a little surprised, Ray, to see San Francisco favored by three on the road at Philly. I, I thought that'd be closer to maybe Philly by one or San Francisco by one. I mean, Philly is beating all comers right now. Right. They're home. They're mm-hmm. 10 and one. I, I was surprised by that particular spread there. Jalen Hurts is a starting quarterback in his last 29 games is 27 and two. And, um, uh, may, maybe the, the the prognosticators are thinking that was a you know five quarter game last time out, and their defense was on the field the whole game. And I think the Bills ran was it ninety two plays, like a massive amount of play. But yeah, I agree with you that that to me is I'm surprised by that. If, if it was the other way around, I wouldn't be surprised. So that's basically a five point swing we're talking about. Uh, early window, seven games on Sunday. Arizona, Pittsburgh mentioned the Falcons and the Jets, uh, Dolphins, Washington. Boy, Chargers, Patriots, Ray. Talk about the the all angry bowl. Patriot pl- fans are, are pissed off at their team, and, and Charger fans. I mean, it's a life of being pissed off. I, I who this just screams tie, doesn't it? Well, <laughs> I, I think it's hilarious that Bill Belichick. I think, I think, is universally regarded as one of the five best coaches of all time, yeah. if not higher. Yeah. Right? Is everyone wants to throw him out it's it's amazing to me and i hear oh he doesn't have tom brady do you think bill belichick coached tom brady at all i mean what was tom brady pick 201 or whatever the hell it was every team in the league passed him for six rounds you think bill maybe helped tom brady and and people act as if they're making some grand proclamation that if you have a good qb you'll be a good coach i mean yeah yeah no really yeah (laughs) and and ray i I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A guy had Tom Brady. Okay. And, yeah. and tore it up for 15 plus years. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. He's still, what, what do you, what do you measure? Guess who doesn't have Tom Brady? Matt Eberflus. So, I mean, it's like, well, you find me a good coach, somebody you think's a good coach who didn't have a great quarterback with them. Find me that guy. You, yeah, you think those guys exist, right? Great yeah. all-time coaches who never had a quarterback on their team? Not often. No, not often. It's sometimes really crappy coaches we think are pretty damn good because they had that quarterback. That's happened too. Bill Parcells might be the guy. Bill and Jeff Vance I mean, talks Bill about Sims, Jeff Hostetler. I guess he had Romo. Who was with Bill Parcells for all of his success? Bill Belichick. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Manns points that out all the time. I'm just saying. Can you imagine not... though? I can't. Like, there's the, the the Panthers can't make it through a season without firing their head coach, and you've yeah. got one of the five, if not three, if not number one greatest coaches of all time, yeah. and you want to get rid of him. It's bizarre. Guess what? Mike Tomlin had been Roethlisberger for over he a did. decade. <laughs> yeah. He's a great coach, though. I'm not saying they're not good coaches. I'm saying the good coaches usually have a good QB, 90-plus percent of the time. And when you do it for 20-plus years, I I think you get a pass. And it is bad. It's terrible in New England. And, Ray, they made a bet on Mac Jones, and it blew up in their face. They drafted him in the first round, and he sucked. He has shown known growth. You can criticize him. Go ahead. Let him have it. But don't say he's not a good coach because he can't win without Tom Brady. No, and and you know if there had someone else was their coach, guess what? Their record wouldn't be any better. It's not like you know, it's not like it, they're losing games this year because of him, right? Like they're in all these games last week, this week. They're in these games. They, they're terrible games, mm-hmm. but they're in the games. It's not Bill Belichick. We got to move on. Sunday night, Chiefs at the Packers. Uh, Monday night, Cincinnati at Jacksonville. Uh, that game has lost a lot of luster without Joe Burrow being under center. So uh, Jacksonville, eight and a half point favorite. The uh, game total there, 38 for the Jags and the Bengals. That's low for an eight and a half point yeah. spread. I mean, Atlanta and the Jets are 34. Carolina, Tampa, 37. 
Cleveland and the Rams, 39. And then Cincinnati and Jacksonville, 38. The the Cowboys and Dolphins are basically averaging 31 points a game. And we're talking about 34 points over. Like, oh, my God, there's so many bad offenses right now going. Good defense. Yeah. Also bad offense. Uh, really good stuff in the chat room. Big thanks to everybody. Sorry we couldn't get to every single uh, question, but uh, we kind of followed the uh, the groove, if you will, of where things were going. Uh, quickly on baseball, yesterday Ray and I were talking about uh, the trade market. Uh, a lot of people focus on free agency, but the trade market's also hot. One of the names we mentioned was Bo Bichette, and both Ray and I kind of scratched our head at him being rumored. Uh, Toronto came out yesterday, at least I think their GM or owner, and said, oh, no, we, we have no intention of trading Bo Bichette. Uh, which does not mean that people aren't asking about Bo Bichette. I guess it just means the Blue Jays aren't luring people with Bo Bichette. Um, and then finally, Milwaukee. Did want to touch on this, Ray. Uh, Milwaukee, who I think all of us say, okay, rebuild time. Craig Council's moved on. Um, you've, you've released, in effect, Brandon Woodruff. All intention, you know, trying to trade Corbin Burns, it sounds like. He's due for free agency next year. Uh, so, so we got to have something. Ray, uh, there's a 19-year-old who, if you if you know baseball or follow prospects, you've heard this name, Jackson Chirillo. Uh, pretty well everybody has him a top two, top three prospect in all of baseball. He's an outfielder. Um, big deal guy. Uh, he was top 10 everywhere last season. Mm-hmm. I think he's played five or six games above double A, and Ray's 19 years old, so he's still really young. Mm-hmm. Uh, Milwaukee's ready to, to give him a deal, which I got to say, Ray, do it. And and I say and I know he could fail out and blows out his knee and he's done forever. But Ray, if I can lock down a guy for six years, fifty million, and there's a ten percent chance he can be a perennial All Star, I do it without thinking twice. If I'm a team like Milwaukee, if I'm a team like Tampa, last year we saw it with Corbin Carroll. Now they even went beyond that in Arizona. I mean, he got over a hundred million bucks. I don't think Chirio Ray is going to get like 80, 90 million bucks, but. I have zero issue with giving a 19-year-old prospect at this level and with this team and with their purse strings and how it's – give them the guarantee. Give them 60, 75 million. I don't care. He went 20-40 last year uh, in addition to all the stuff Kyle's talked about. Uh, you know, I think that this is a growing trend, and it has it just has to be. And we've seen the Braves do this for a long time, right? They signed Aldi, Aldi Albies to a, low, long, a long-term deal that was below market value. They signed Ron Lacuna the same way. Uh, you know, Luis Robert with the White Sox got six years, $50 million before he'd done anything. You mentioned Corbin Carroll, you know, Corbin, I mean, think about that. Corbin Carroll got $111 million. And at the time you're like, okay, he's a great prospect. Very much like trio, right? Like on that level, it's a lot of money after the season he just had, he's underpaid already. Yeah. He, he, he earned probably like a $30 million season last year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <how> he played. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, from a team perspective, you can go this, it can be what Singleton, right? He was the first one that this yeah. happened to years ago. I don't, I don't know. Was it $14 million they gave him or whatever? It can blow up in the team's face, but when you're the Brewers, you can't be paying guys $30 million a year. So the only way to have the talent of a $30 million player is to do this. Yeah. So it'll be fascinating to see, I, I guess the six year, $50 million, eight year, $111 million, Corbin Carroll, like, does he end up at seven years for 75 million? I don't know where they end up, but you know, you you might be underpaid, you know, six years, seven years from now. But I say, I've said this, you said this, you know, you're 19 years old. Someone says $75 million. Here you go. Do you turn that down? Hell no, you don't turn that down. Because let's say you're blowing up through four years, Ray. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I got three more years that, uh, that got me at such a bargain. There's no rule against renegotiating or extending that deal, mm-hmm. you know, and if you're good, a team like Milwaukee say, yeah, we can give you 20. I mean, they gave Ryan Braun 20 mil. They gave Christian Yelich over 20 mil. They, they can give guys mm-hmm. more than that. So I even the risk of, oh, I'm underpaid the last year. No, if you're having fun and you're doing things, you can adjust that and get a 200 million, 300 million dollar contract. Totally doable there. Um, and I've got no who, who was the guy in Seattle, right? There was a guy at first baseman in Seattle. You mentioned Singleton. Oh, uh, Seattle had a guy they gave some money to really the, early on. He was the first baseman, gold yeah. glove level first baseman. He's had 400 injuries. Yeah, I remember. But yeah, so there are it? mistakes. You know, we point out Longoria or Carroll or, you know, Acuna and Albies. Evan White. Evan White. <laughs> Thank you. Who? Hey, what, what's the worst thing that happened? He, he made, what, 40 million bucks already? So right? it's, no, it's even better than that. Six years, $24 million. Now, now they've gotten 300 at bats, so 300 plate appearances out of that. But well, he's happy though. 
He's happy because he's got a 544 OPS, which is, again, why, as a player, you take the contract when they offer it to you. Uh, if anybody's interested in offering Ray and I contracts, uh, I guess we're proven, though. We're, we're veterans at this we're, point. We're more on the Cody Bellinger side, yeah. yeah kind of feel like Lance Lynn around these parts occasionally, you know, just <laughs> begging, 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 begging. Uh, fun times today on a Wednesday. We're back tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, we'll get you set for the Seattle-Dallas game. Uh, make sure and head over to FantasyGuru.com. I mentioned the NHL DFS already up. Uh, NBA is going to be going up. Uh, we've got more football coming your way. Ray's big column's dropping tomorrow. Uh, if anything on the baseball side happens, you know, Ray's going to write about that. Discord wide open. Uh, do join us. FSD20. Can't say it enough. 20% off everything at fantasyguru.com. Uh, Ray, a pleasure as always. Good solid hour. We'll do it again tomorrow. I thought it was a good show today, Kyle. Glad to be a part of it. Thanks. I'm glad. Finally, you, when it was this 23rd time we've done this. Yeah. And we finally get a good show. According to Thank you very much for that. Uh, Kyle Elfrick here. Thanks to all of you following us out there. We will see you tomorrow. This has been Fantasy Sports Daily powered by FantasyGuru.com.